This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. Bear down, baby. That's it. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Haw with Dan Weederer. We're both at Soldier Field still somewhat uh, recovering, reacting to the Bears. Stunning 31-28 loss to the Broncos. I say stunning because not that they lost. I think a lot of us expected that. Everybody picked the Broncos that I could see in, in the media. But I think the way that it happened, 28-7 to lead for the Bears. And then over the final 19 minutes and 11 seconds, they blew it, Dan. And they followed 0-4, 14th straight loss. That is one of those days that, boy, it is just more frustration for a Bears fan base that has just been through it all. I mean, you sit here, David, and you tell yourself that you think you've seen every possible way there is for the Bears to lose a football game. And then something like this happens today. You're doing just about whatever you want offensively. You rack up 471 total yards. Your quarterback, midway through the third quarter, is 23 of 24 with four touchdown passes and his only incompletion is on a Hail Mary to end the first half. And you're sitting there going, finally, right? The Bears have a, a commanding lead in a game they need to win, in a game that would soothe the city's soul for at least three days, right, and, and and help that locker room feel a sense of relief, and then it all gets away. There's a meltdown. There's a collapse. There's calamity. There's mistakes. There's everything under the sun imaginable, and then Justin Fields commits two fourth-quarter turnovers. The Broncos come all the way back, and here we are talking about loss number 14 in a row. Let's start because this is just our immediate reaction uh, podcast, uh, and it's, we'll get to the nitty-gritty details uh, on Tuesday morning and again on Friday after the after the game in, in Washington. Dan, I feel like that the biggest – there's so many things that went wrong, but I, I think that the Bears still had an opportunity with fourth and one at the Broncos 18, and they decided at that point with the game tied with um, – in, in the final moments, that exactly is two two fifty seven remaining. Yeah. It's two fifty seven left. Two fifty seven remaining, and it's a tie game. And you are you're in a position where I, I feel like and we may disagree on this, but two things bothered me. My philosophy would be if I'm a defensive minded head coach, I'm going to put this fate of this game in my defense that I'm calling, by the way. And my philosophy is rooted in the idea that you take a lead at home and then you protect it with your defense. So if you want to debate that, people can make good arguments about going for it makes more sense as you can get three feet, whatever. But I think that, okay, fine. The second part of the problem was that when they came out in the shotgun formation, I never will understand why smart football people look so dumb when they make that decision because it did not work. And it's easy to say when it does not work, but it does not work more times than it works. I don't have the numbers to support that, but I would play the percentages. You want to have an identity as a football team. 
Sure, hand the ball to running back and get the three yards. Let your quarterback sneak it, but don't line up in the shotgun for God's sake. So, so, so there's plenty to sift through in that circumstance, and it starts with the Bears doing the whole tactic before they ran the play to run the play clock down, try to draw the Broncos offside, and then burn a timeout. If you know you're going for it on fourth down there, not just go ahead, like just go get it, just go get the first down and, and move forward. But they play the game with that. They use their timeout and then they come back. The play call that they call there is a read option play, and so Justin's reading the ends right. And, and in that situation, he sees that he is covered to the outside and hands it to Khalil Herbert up the middle. Uh, he said after the game, Field said after the game that he he felt like the Bears missed a backside block, which allowed the the Denver defense to get in and take Khalil Herbert down for no gain. My biggest issue with the call there is the fact that the, the, the Broncos had, had rallied, right. And they had come all the way back from 28 to seven down at that point. I think you just need your team to feel good. You know what I mean? And that, that, that results from getting three points on the board from getting the lead back and saying, okay, let's go ahead and do this. I, 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 I will, you know, I don't care if Matt's a defensive coach or an offensive coach in that situation. Like, just do situationally what makes sense in the football game. And the way that the game had gone, I just felt like you needed to stem the tide there. You just had to you had to get a stop uh, to, to, to the avalanche that was coming down. And the best way to do that is to send your reliable kicker out there, kick the field goal, and then take your chances with, with, with what you're going to do against Russell Wilson there. It obviously didn't work out. It backfired in, in in the worst way imaginable, and I also think you just need to have a better play call there that that somehow gets Justin Fields the opportunity to to have the football in his hands. Right, he's the, the most dynamic, explosive guy you've got on the offense. Just figure out a way to have the football in his hands. A read option takes too long to develop on fourth and one, so it just it's a slow developing play, and it might be the best way to get football in the right guy's hands but I just don't know that that made a lot of sense to me and and I know I'm probably hung up on the whole defensive minded head coach thing but I think that you know we're still you know we're we're four games into his second season and waiting for something to be apparent other than the fact that he has a historically long losing streak as a head coach and if you are going to be that guy and then we cut against the grain in hiring you you know this is this is an opportunity he's calling the defenses for God's sake you, you had a chance to take a lead at home in the fourth quarter when the crowd would have been on your side, and you had a lot of factors that you could have played well, into that you ignored. But also with this, David, f- less than four minutes in the game today, we had booze at, at Soldier Field because they elected not to go for it on what was basically fourth and a long one. I think it was officially fourth and two near midfield on the opening drive where you're just saying to yourself, okay, like this is an opportunity for a team that that's that's scattered and struggling to just go take a chance, you know, right. and, and figure it out from there. And they didn't go for it there. And then in the, in the key moments, they decided to go for it. I, you should be capable in some way, shape or form of picking up a half a yard uh, and changing the, the, the topic but like this team in big moments just shrivels they continue to just shrivel because to your point also so many things went wrong and you still had the ball inside the red zone in a tie game with a chance to win a football game right you can't ask for more than that you still had the chance after the broncos went and took the lead took the the turnover on downs and went down the field for a field goal you still had plenty of time and the ball with movement to go down and at least tie the game or maybe uh, get a win, right? And, and and every time they have those moments, something goes catastrophically wrong. It happened again today. You know, three different times in the fourth quarter that cost them. So let's quickly sort through this uh, quarterback uh, situation. And I, I want to know how, how to react and because I think we'll break it down tomorrow, obviously. 
35 attempts, 28 completions. Justin Fields had his first 300-plus yard passing day at 335 yards, four touchdowns. As you point out, he was 23 at 24 at one point, 132.7 passer rating. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Dan, I want to know, will that be the takeaway or will it be two more fourth quarter turnovers, including a late interception intended to Colt Komet, got, maybe got away from him a little bit, and the, the, the scoop and score fumble that, you know, maybe in next year, maybe in five years, he's going to tuck that and not try to make a play because he's just going to take the sack and protect the football because it's the fourth quarter. So those two plays are both very notable, in my opinion. And and like you say, we can touch on them briefly here and then get into them more on our next episode. But like the the, selfishly, (laughs) I wish I didn't have to sit down and write about two fourth quarter turnovers today. Like I'm tired of writing this story. You know, you what you want to write about the first three quarters and the four touchdown passes and how beautiful some of those throws were. I thought the the, the second touchdown pass to Komet kind of on the move near the goal line. It, it was kind of Mahomes-esque. You know, it was like you're, you're, you're a point guard. You're using your eyes. You're using your athleticism. You're using it all. And as soon as, boom, the defense reacts, boom, to Komet. You've got it there. The one to, to Khalil Herbert on the, the, the south end zone. Another one ad-libbed uh, in the moment. You, you, you make a guy miss in the backfield, and then you just throw a rocket to your running back. Touchdown. There were so many positive moments that you were like, okay, finally, we're going to have a week where we can talk talk about the positives the positives the positives then you get that strip sack in a 28 to 21 game at a moment when the last thing you could afford was a turnover now listen in Justin's defense like there's not a lot he can do there it's really hard to 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 skewer him in that situation they call a a naked bootleg rollout there's no one responsible for blocking that guy on the edge you're hoping he bites down on the play action fake and you've got a little dump off in the flat to your tight end and it goes for positive yards Justin turns around and he has probably point five, six seconds to decide what to do with it. His brain triggers and says the rule on naked bootlegs is don't take a sack. Don't take a huge loss here. So he's trying to dirt it, get away from it. Nick Benito hits him. The ball bounces once. Jonathan Cooper's gone, and we're in a tie ball game. And you're just sitting there scratching your head going, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. And it happened again. That's why it's hard to be too too hard on him, even though that's what you want to happen. But those two turnovers add to a list. They've got four losses this year. How many games does he have multiple turnovers in the fourth quarter? Those things start to pile up when you're making evaluations and you're making decisions about what's best for the long-term future of him and the franchise. Well, yeah, it's so that's nine fourth-quarter interceptions uh, over the past two seasons, way too much. The one to commit to end the game effectively is on a pass that – essentially is going to get you into field goal range if you complete it. It's third and long, and it's third and long in part because you took an intentional grounding penalty two snaps earlier. 
but you're in a situation there where you have to be on the same page as your tight end. And both guys in the locker room afterwards talked about the, the kind of crossed wires they had with Justin sort of reading the depth of the safety and, and wanting Komet to kind of improvise on what is designed on paper and, and, and sit his route down and Komet saying, look, I'm facing man coverage. I'm going to whip that route inwards and, and make a break on it. Justin throws to a spot. Cole's in a different place. The ball's intercepted by Kareem Jackson and the game's over. And again, like, you know, you've got an opportunity there to, to seize that moment, to, to go at least tie a game, to win a game. I think we're now in the last two seasons, we're up to one for 15 in drives that started in the last eight minutes with a chance to tie the game or go ahead. And again, the only one they succeeded on was a zero yard field goal drive set up by Roquan Smith 13 months ago when they beat the Texans. So um, the body of evidence is adding up. And, and, and to your point, like, I think it's just almost becoming insurmountable at this point. Cool. Herbert had 103 yards rushing pretty good day for him. Averaging 5.7 yards per carry big day for the receivers. DJ Moore, 131 yards. Uh, Cole yeah. Komet, seven catches for six eighty-five. Darnell Mooney, four for 51. That's good distribution. Obviously, the guy everyone was talking about after was a guy who didn't catch a pass and wasn't here, Chase Claypool. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. Again, Dan inactive because of what he said on Friday. Flusi said it, Matt Eberflus said it wasn't because of what he said on Friday, but I don't know if they buy that because he didn't even know where he was and who had permission to do what. How would you describe the Claypool situation that everyone wants to talk about? Yeah, I mean, David, so there's a couple things here because, number one, uh, the head coach doesn't give you any confidence at all when he stands at the podium and doesn't really give you anything to believe in with what he's saying. You know, he, he said that, you know, they don't really – uh, it became kind of clear to us that the inactives were, were, were well known on Saturday. And then whatever happened from there was a flare up that caused Chase Claypool to not even be in the stadium today. Now, Matt Eberflus said at one point that it was Chase Claypool's choice not to be here at the stadium today. A team representative later came through the press box and said the Bears pulled Chase Claypool to stay home. I don't know which one is worse, you know, that the Bears don't want him here or that he doesn't want to be here. At some point, this whole fracture and this uh, emotional volatility that comes along with Chase Claypool, is, it's a headache. It's its a disruptive. It's a distraction. It's everything you can't afford as a football team that hasn't won a, a game uh, going on a, a year now. And so uh, I don't know what's going to happen from here. I don't know what the Bears can afford to do with a guy who just can't get himself uh, to the emotional equilibrium that allows you to be productive. We talked about it previously in the month. We talked about it in week two. We talked about it in week three. You know, it's just consistent. And Claypool's absence today is is more than notable. And it's also not, uh, you know, I, I, the opponent is, is a factor here, but the Bears put up 471 yards. Sometimes it's addition by subtraction. You take a, a headache out of the out of the mix, and and suddenly it just becomes more freeing for everybody to not have to deal with that tension and that aggravation and all that stuff that comes along with the soap opera. So deal with it. That's the thing. I, I think they are yeah. dealing with it in the right way. Inactive would made made sense today. The next move would be gauge trade interest, but you got to get your stories. <laughs> you got to get your story straight. I mean, Matt Eberflus. That was embarrassing. At the podium, I know, but. It, it, then the the staffer comes through the press box and you know they said that he Matt Eberflus said the wrong thing and I said that the, the, so the coach made a mistake and so how I just don't know if you are you, you just can't have that happen and and Chase Claypool has become more problem than he's worth I think if it hasn't already happened so you that's going to be a sunk cost and not going to be reflect well on everybody because you're right you look at the offense today 471 total yards 
Yeah. So I got to go back and look the last time that you and I sat down and watched a Bears game where they put up 471 total yards. It's going to I may have to scroll back into, you know, some dusty encyclopedias to get that far back. They had 21 points in the first half. It'd been since last November Then they scored 20 more than 20 in a game week yeah. 11 of last year. So that's going to be something to keep on. It just seems like it's all a mess. It's trending in the wrong direction. You have four straight losses. You're staring at number five in Washington because you go on the road. It's a short week. Attrition already was obvious with the secondary being compromised today. You, uh, confidence may be boosted on the offensive end because of some things you did well, but I don't know that you go into Washington feeling like, you know, you may have desperation, but I don't know that you have execution, and there's a big difference in it. Yeah, well, I mean, before we came on the air, we were talking about the mood in the locker room and how familiarly glum it was, and and you just feel that emptiness from these guys and that, that sense of dejection and, and discouragement in there. And, well, oh, by the way, you got to get back up tomorrow and go through a walkthrough, and you got pretty intense meetings, and you got to prepare to get on a plane Wednesday, and you got to travel to Washington, D.C. and play a game in, in four nights. And it's not an easy task for this team right now. You hope you're a little healthier i just don't know how you can get sort of emotionally on you know level ground fast enough to give yourself the best chance to win because this is another gutting loss i mean last week in kansas city was just like oh that one really hurt and then this one was like oh my god like this this had a chance to be such a such a fun afternoon i mean like i'm sure you probably felt it like when 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 fields throws his fourth touchdown pass with you know nine minutes to go in the third quarter or whatever it was you're feeling like mitch trubisky 2018 against the bucks vibes right it was. like you're just like all right let's get let's see if we can get up to five touchdown passes and then six and then you know he had four touchdown passes. I was like, how is Dan going to be grumpy about this? You wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been. I would have been. Uh, and I, I'm telling you, I was getting I was getting very eager to write something that was just like, ah, didn't we all just need this? Didn't we all just just yes. need this release and this and this this demon vanquishing just to to get this thing back on the right track? And and alas, here we go. And you know, another meltdown, another breakdown, another 21 point lead uh, evaporates. By the way, it was the first time. Uh, per my research, since 2002 that the Bears led a game by 21 points or more and lost. That game was a loss to the Tom Brady-led New England Patriots in Champaign, Illinois in 2002. That's one that predates me. That's a good good little nugget there. All right, what are some of our three-word reviews that people have come through with? I just got another uh, uh, urging. More people, a couple people reached out to me and said, we should rename the podcast Tank the North. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not the first time it's been suggested, right? Like, popular. It's great. Popular, especially after Caleb Williams threw six TDs on Saturday against Colorado. He looked pretty good, Dan. All right, so here's a handful of them. Pistol Pete gave us laugh, shout, cry. I think that was kind of the emotional roller coaster that this afternoon was there. Uh, Eric Derwachter, if I'm pronouncing that correct, gave us a very popular sentiment. Fire Matt Eberflus. That seems to be a, a, a common sentiment in the city of Chicago. Zane Bando, what just happened? I'm sure you said that after the uh, strip sack returned for a touchdown by Jonathan Cooper. Um, change the channel. Chuck Humbertson doesn't like what he's seeing right now, and he would like to watch something else, which I, I would agree with. Um, let's see here. Same old Bears. Sure, we've heard that. No effing defense. That's Ronald Voigt, who's gotten a little frustrated that the defense didn't step up in a big moment. Uh, anyone really surprised from Troy Williams? And, and I guess the answer to that is uh, maybe not. You know, maybe, maybe not. not. Maybe this is who they are. A couple more here as we 
fire through again. We have more than 500 responses on this today, which is amazing that this thing has caught fire the way it has. A lot of, the word fire is used a lot throughout the thread, David. If you scroll through it, uh, Jay Schwab gave us some alliteration. Chicago collapses, contagious. That's summing up the entire sports scene after the Cubs don't oh, make God. the postseason. And Why so you that, bring up the Cubs because I, I, I like the idea that it's you know it's a contagious problem that's happening in our city right now another one with with alliteration comes from t marsh 8364 fire effing fluce that one is a little bit uh heavy uh but it's out there and uh yeah i mean this this is it like I, again the word fire is in here a lot andy madden will we'll end it with this one he says enough is enough and i agree i hear you what a terrible sports weekend in chicago the White Sox lose their 100th game on Saturday. The Cubs get eliminated after having gone 6-14 and 14 after oh. having a 93% chance of making the playoffs. By the way, did they win today? The just, just for I don't know, and I don't <laughs> even care. And then we come out Siri, here. what was the score of the Cubs game? <laughs> the Cubs lost today. Yeah, they have 82 victories. They had 82 <laughs> victories this year. And then we come out here and you think that, okay, at halftime it's like, well, this is pretty cool. Finally, they're going to change the subject. And then the same old stuff happens in the fourth quarter. I don't like the way that Matt Eberflus handled the game. I know it may be a throwback traditionalist, but you you give your defense a chance to win it. You take the points in a tie game when you haven't won in 342 freaking days. How in the world can you not take a lead to win a game under those circumstances. Well, look, you were here also, David, and so you saw after the Bears took that timeout that the, the kicking unit came running on and then the kicking unit went running off. And so there was clearly some discussion being had over the headsets and amongst the coaches during that, that time period on how, how do we handle this situation. Matt's got the executive decision in the end. Uh, he thought less than a yard that they could go and get it. And and I just – it was a, a miscalculation because of, of the way the game was unraveling on you. I think you just need to get the lead back at that point and then take a breath. I would have given him – I would have given whoever's talking to me in my ear my three-word response or review. Trust my defense. Trust my defense. You know what? They didn't, and they paid for it. I get it. The defense isn't worth trusting. Yeah, I, w- I, I wish they had a defense to trust. I do. But, but, Dan, how do you build confidence? How do you build a positive direction with little wins along the way? This would have been a, a, a giving faith, showing confidence in people, and maybe they'll reward that someday. That was an opportunity missed by a defensive head coach who was calling the defensive signals, and he wouldn't trust his defense. Shame on him. They got what they deserved. Yeah, I mean, they and look, and they've been getting what they deserved for a long time now, and it's it's just old. It's redundant. It's exhausting. It's tiring. It's all the things that we talked about, and you can feel that in that locker room. I mean, the the the, the level of cumulative exhaustion, particularly from the guys that were here a year ago, even some that weren't. You know, Tremaine Edmonds, you could just feel him sitting in front of his locker stall tonight with a sense of dejection because this dude has been playing in the playoffs every year. Uh, in recent, this year. in recent history, and it ain't gonna happen. And so, like that, that, off. that's what I mean. But that, that that that's where the the investment now to come back on a short week it starts to get harder and harder because the right. the, the bullseye now is is at a whole different place than it used to be at. Now you're like, okay, if we could just scratch scratch and claw our way back to six and eleven, what a, what an amazing redemption story it would be. Um, and so they look like, oh man, we got some some long ugly weeks ahead of us. Hopefully, the short week. Uh, maybe turns into a good thing for this team and they, and they don't have enough time to even 
uh, sit on this loss and, and, and stew on it and think about it too much because they got to turn their attention to the commanders right away. But again, it's a road game on a short week, and that's not an easy task for many teams. And we'll do that when we come back on Tuesday morning. We'll drop another podcast. Take, take the North, not tank the North. Take the North still on your free Odyssey app. You can watch us on the 670 Scores YouTube page, and we will uh, look forward to breaking it down and, and let you know what we think some more. One more thing from Dan before we wrap up. Can I, can I give a game ball to the people who brought in the bacon-topped cinnamon rolls before the game for, for the pregame breakfast? I know we're not giving away game balls until until they win an actual football game, but David, did you have the grilled peach salad before the game or that bacon-topped cinnamon roll? I mean, that was some... I, that had, was, neither, I had neither. What are you doing? I, 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 was, I, had, a, I had a little uh, quiche. I, that, that bacon... Donut, whatever looking it was, looked good, but it was, Ooh, like, it was good. It was too good. I, I got to <laughs> stay away from those. That's, that's why I run every day. You can have three plates full of whatever you want. Your metabolism isn't screwed up. I can't have that. Not I anymore. But anyway, it looked good. It looked good anyway. So I'm giving. Since we have such a surplus of game balls that we're never allowed to give away, I'm throwing it to whoever put that on the menu. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get out of here and get home and digest another Bears loss, 14 straight. 31-28, Broncos over the Bears. For Dan Weeder, for Adam Szynski, I'm David Hoff from Soldier Field. Thank you for listening to the Take the North Podcast. Great talks out there.